Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He ministers through the Holy Word to God's people. One said it this way, ever so eloquently. It's the Holy Spirit of God ministering through the Holy Word of God to the holy people of God. That's the dynamic that takes place within a church setting like this one here today. Why wouldn't we want our children to be a part of that? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. Allow the children to be a part of the church body dynamic. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches us about the power of including our children within our time of teaching. The power of the Holy Spirit ministering by the Holy Word of God to the holy people of God is powerful, and we should want our children to be a part of that. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 6 with part one of his message, Obey and Honor Your Father and Mother. Let's get into Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 will be our text today. Beginning in verse 1, the Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit and he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. <laughs> Can I just read that again? Just, <laughs> just indulge me. I, Children, <laughs> obey your parents in the Lord. I want to say it loud enough for the children's ministry to hear, but anyway. For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that, verse 3, it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So I sensed that the Lord would only have me to take and tackle the first three verses this week, dealing with children obeying and honoring the father and the mother. And the reason being is, is that verse four is more about the responsibility of the parent, specifically the father. Interestingly, the father, first and foremost, to train and instruct children to obey. In other words, the onus is on the father and the mother to instruct the children concerning obedience in the Lord. Now, I decided to take only verse 4 next week, Lord willing, because it's going to really fit in with and tie in together with what we're going to look at Today, I suppose you could see it as a, a part two of sorts as it relates to the most difficult task of parenting. I have to say that I've started two businesses and owned two businesses. I've started and, and planted and pastored two churches and combined 
it's not as difficult, at least for me, and maybe I'm only speaking for myself, combined, it's not as difficult as is parenting three living children, which is my privilege to do, of course. I love them so much. But I have to say that parenting, well, let me say it this way, parenting isn't for wimps. (laughs) It is a most difficult task and Perhaps it goes without saying, we've talked about this prior, absent the power of the Holy Spirit, we have no hope of ever parenting our children in the Lord and training them up in the things of the Lord. Well, before we get into the text, I think it would be good to have a little bit of the backstory so that we can better understand what we have here in front of us in these three verses. We know this as the book of Ephesians. However, the book is actually a physical letter, or if you prefer, epistle, that the Apostle Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and had it sent to, by way of mail, this physical letter, to this literal and physical church in Ephesus at the time. It's believed that the letter was written about 61 or 62 AD. And what's really interesting is that Paul actually penned this letter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit while he was incarcerated. He was in custody in in Rome and he wrote this letter and sent this letter to this church. Now, Here's the thing, upon receipt of this letter, the pastor of the church would read it aloud in the church, which means this, that the children were actually present in the church at the time that the letter was received and then subsequently read. Otherwise, Paul would say, get this to the children's ministry director and tell them, children, obey your parents (laughs) in the Lord, for this is right. No, it was to the entire church. Why do I bring that up? If you'll just kind of bear with me and hear me out, I want to share with you something that I see as a very important principle concerning the family worshiping together and sitting under the teaching of God's word together. Certainly the children's ministry within a church is needed and it's geared towards age-appropriate learning However, and again, please hear me out and hear my heart on this. I would suggest that it's a disservice, particularly to our older children who aren't in the service. I think it's a great disservice, and I'll explain why I say that. I'm of the belief that this is one of the main reasons young people will disenfranchise themselves from the church when they're older. Because what we've said to them, again, particularly the older Keiki, but what we've said to them is, you go over here where your generation is, and we'll we'll go in here. And what we do is we rob them of the richness and the blessing of worshiping God together. They see you lifting up your hands, praising the Lord. That's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And they're sitting under the teaching of God's word. And there's a dynamic there. And it's a spiritual dynamic. It's in the realm of the spirit. Where 
when the, the preacher, the pastor, the teacher will say something and it will be that word that is spoken that is fitly spoken. And the Holy Spirit will, will take that word because God's word never returns void. And he'll, for lack of a better word, tweak it, fine tune it to that need of that heart which he alone sees. I don't see your hearts. <laughs> Some of you are going, good thing you don't see my heart, right? <laughs> well, you don't see my heart either. I mean, you just look at the outward appearance, right? And by the way, outwardly, you all look marvelous. I just want you to know that. But God sees the heart. And God knows every need of every heart. And as only he can, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he ministers through the Holy Word to God's people. One said it this way, ever so eloquently. It's the Holy Spirit of God ministering through the Holy Word of God to the holy people of God. That's the dynamic that takes place within a church setting like this one here today. Why wouldn't we want our children to be a part of that? I think of the communion service, which we do on the first Sunday of each month. I always look forward to the communion service. I think it is so important. And by the way, you don't have to wait till the first Sunday of each month. I would really encourage you to go buy some unleavened bread and some grape juice and, you know, have communion together with your family in your home as unto the Lord in remembrance of the Lord and what he's done. When we do that, we give the Lord this, I, I'm sorry for the word, I, I wish there were a better one, I'm open to any suggestions, but it's like we give the Lord permission. We give the Holy Spirit elbow room to minister in our midst, in our family. And it's so important that, especially again, the older children, that they're a part of that dynamic. So here's what's sad. I did a little bit of research on this. I couldn't just about take it anymore. <laughs> the statistics are just, I mean, very grievous. According to one source, 59% of millennials who grew up in the church no longer want anything to do with the church. If this weren't bad enough, millennials are currently the largest living generation in the United States today. I suppose it would be good to ask ourselves the question of why it is that they don't really feel that they're a part of the church when growing up we didn't include them in the life of the church. I remember as a kid, as boring as it was, when my parents drugged me to church. I didn't, I didn't say drugged me, like they didn't drug me. Maybe they should have, I don't know. <laughs> but they would drag me to church, perhaps better said. And we would sit there on those hard pews, and with a suit. This was back in the day, right? And I mean, that collar was tight, and that polyester itched, and I mean, it was the most uncomfortable thing you could ever imagine. You couldn't wait for that thing to get over. And usually, when it came time to go, I would come up with the 
most rare diseases known to mankind as to why I could not go to church. <laughs> and then after church was over, I was just miraculously healed, you know. <laughs> so, But I would sit there and I would come up with all these, you know, clever ideas like count how many times the pastor says the word the, just so I could stay awake, you know, during the... So some of you young people are looking at me going... Really? <laughs> How many times you say the word the? I mean, at least you had to be listening, right? But here's the thing. God's word didn't return void. When I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ at the age of 19, as God is my witness, I could remember from as a little child the word I heard. Here's what happens. The seed of God's word begins to plant and, and germinate, and over time it, it sprouts and grows. And it was later in life when, and we're going to talk about this more, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, maybe I should actually stay on message here, back to the sermon already in progress. We're going to talk about this, about how we train up the children in the way they should go. You know that proverb that makes every parent think to themselves, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, wait, I have to wait till they're old and aged before they come back to the Lord. No, that's not what that means. And again, we'll talk about it. Now, this not including them in the life of the church is one of the main reasons, I believe, but it's not the only reason. I was thinking about this this last week and sort of inquiring of the Lord, petitioning the throne and Lord just reminded me of what I believe to be another reason this generation wants nothing to do with the church or the things of God. And to me, it is a sign of the times, as they say. It's a prophetic sign that we're in the last days. This is Paul writing to Timothy in his second letter, chapter 3. I'll read verses 1 through 4. Listen to what he says. Listen to this list. He says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Some of your translations render it perilous times in the last days. This is, he says, this is what will be characteristic of the last days. This is what will mark the last days. And he goes on to list 19 characteristics, 19 marks of what the last days at the time of the end are going to look like. And keep in mind as I read this. It's to the church. It's not to the world. He's writing this to believers, to Christians. Listen to this list. He says, people will be lovers of themselves. I, I'm stopping because I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, we live in the, the day of the selfie, right? I'm sorry, but it, it's... It, it, uh, I don't have time to go there. That's another topic for another time. We'll deal with that later. <laughs> People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive. And here it is. <laughs> Wait for it. Disobedient to their parents. What? Yeah. In other words, in the last days, one of the marks that you're in the last days will be that children in the church will be disobedient to their parents. The list goes on. 
ungrateful. Oh, oh my. Really? Ungrateful? Unholy. Without love. And that's an interesting word. We talked about it last week in the context of agape. But this is that word in the Greek, storge. You know how in the Greek there's four words for love. And we only have one in the English. Storge, agape, philia, eros. This is that natural affection that a child has for a parent and a parent has for a child. That's the love that he's talking about. Without love. In other words, what will mark the last days will be this lack of natural affection within the family. Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous. I would encourage you to, in your own time in God's Word, look up these words. Because they're not really words that we use, you know, in our vocabulary on a daily basis. When's the last time you say, wow, that was treacherous? Treacherous? Rash? How about this one? Conceited? It's all about me. And whenever we sing and worship and praise the Lord, sometimes I just, the Holy Spirit checks my heart and says, do you really believe that? It's all about you, Lord. Maybe sometimes it's not all about you, Lord. We had a song that we taught our two boys growing up. We've also taught it to our daughter, but we really needed to teach it to our boys. And it went like this. The world, it doesn't revolve around you. And life, it isn't fair. But boom, boom, boom. The world, it's kind of catchy a little bit, isn't it? Sorry, I didn't mean to traumatize you with that. And then lastly, he says, they will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's what's going to mark the last day. Now, it doesn't excuse it, but it does in some way at least explain it. And please, lest anyone start throwing up their hands and giving up hope, don't do that. We don't need to lose hope, especially with this generation. And I would submit that the text that we have before us today and Lord willing next week when we take and tackle verse 4 we'll prove it again we'll talk more about this next week but I did want to include this very encouraging promise in Proverbs 22 verse 6 today we've sort of already alluded to it but here's the promise and it's a very interesting a structure of, of words in the original language but it, it basically says this and again we'll talk about more next week Lord willing Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, and I wish it didn't say it like that, because it doesn't mean like when they're 80, they're going to come back to the Lord. You're already gone. But when he's older, might be a better way for at least today to understand it. He will not depart from it. I want to give those of you who have prodigals just a word of encouragement from the Lord and in the Lord. God loves your kids more than you ever could. Never, ever, ever give up on that son or that daughter. You have no idea what God's doing. Oh, but you say, Pastor, with all due respect, I mean, it seems like the more I pray for them, the worse it gets. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. 
God's not through with them yet. God's doing a work in them. You wait on the Lord and you trust in the Lord and you will see the goodness of the Lord. That's a promise from God's word. And when God promises you something like that, it's a done deal. That settles it. Now, it's not when when we want. It's not necessarily the way we want or how we want. We would much rather they didn't have to go through all of that. But you have to understand that, again, God loves them more than you ever could. And maybe this is a a specific word for somebody here today. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) He knows what he's doing more than you know. (laughs) You know, we, we think we know what's best and it manifests in these directional prayers when we pray to the Lord and we'll pray something like this. Lord, you know what they did last week? What? The Lord doesn't know that? I mean, could you imagine the Lord in heaven going, what? I didn't hear about this. What did they do last week? What? Oh, no. Thursday night we were in the 23rd Psalm. Wow. I mean, that was, I'm still kind of basking in the afterglow of Psalm 23. But there's one word in there that, actually two words, but, and you know it well, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Two words, through and shadow. First of all, the word through, You're going to make it through. One of my favorite words and phrases in the Bible is, it came to pass. As one said, it didn't come to stay. (laughs) You're not going to be stuck in that valley. And here's the thing about that valley. In order for there to be a shadow, there has to be light. Otherwise, you don't have a shadow. He's there with you through that valley you're going through. And he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. Lo, he is with you always. And even unto the ends of the earth, he is with your child. He will never leave your child. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what they're into. I I can't believe what they're into. Oh, you think God is in, in heaven thinking to himself, I don't know, man, this is a tough case. No. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Again, I want to talk more about this next week, Lord willing. The reason I wanted to bring this into today's teaching is because it coincides with what the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, writes concerning our children. Namely, that of three convincing reasons for both obeying and honoring one's father and mother Thanks for being part of our time here today on In Spirit and Truth. We hope you've learned something new from the book of Ephesians and that it's given a new perspective to you on your relationship with Jesus. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week, so be sure to visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com today. Follow the link to our Facebook page where you can join the conversation and fill your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. Or come by on Thursday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website in spiritandtruthradio.com as well as more information about who we are as a body of believers. 
If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Now, we also want to let you know that you can still hear Pastor J.D.'s teachings through our online resources at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Simply click Listen on the top of the page to find these messages by Pastor J.D. in various books of the Bible. Along with that, we invite you to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. This weekly update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. Join Pastor J.D. each Friday and Saturday for the Mideast Prophecy Update on our YouTube channel or download our mobile app to have these updates right at your fingertips. Find it all at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share next time on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.